Hey, welcome to the Grants Podcast. I am Jim Grant, and with me today is the deputy editor of Grants, the great Evan Lorenz, and uh, at the dials is Eric Whitehead, as always. Let's see. Oh, yes, some business to transact. First, we are sponsored by Health IQ. Get healthy and get a better kind of insurance and away travel. A very, very nifty indeed a set of uh, suitcases and, uh, I don't know, what do you call these things? Uh, bags, but uh, most excellent. So, uh Evan, we were talking today, and you, I think, had a fabulous idea. In fact, so fabulous is this idea that I was about ready to snag it for the front page of Grant's Interest Rate Observer. But I, you know, we we owe a duty to our free podcast listeners, I guess, right? Yeah, we do. So we are going to go with this fabulous observation of yours, and I'm gonna I'm gonna try and, and you can tell me if I'm correct. I'm, I'm gonna try to reduce this to a couple of sentences, and that is that uh, one sign of uh, of uh, Rising prices, falling cap rates in real estate, rising PE ratios, and uh, accessible credit. One s- symptom of all this is uh, confidence in the future. People who wouldn't trust the day after tomorrow in a bear market now look out over the course of decades, uh, uh, centuries even in some cases, and, uh, and are willing to pronounce judgment on investment certitude. Did I get most of this? Yeah, absolutely. All right. What examples would uh, validate this hypothesis of yours? Well, this week, Austria floated a century bond at a yield just over 2% when its inflation rate's running at about 2%. Now, for you to make money on this thing, you have to assume that inflation's going to be ground-hugging for the next 100 years. What's, what's the track record in Austria? I, I don't think the country's been around for 100 years. <clears throat> yes, it has. Hey, um, okay, Phil. Phil Grant's with us also. Phil Grant is now going to take off his headphones Check the Bloomberg and get us some dope on the Austria. This is this is real time research, ladies and gentlemen. He's going to get us some some dope on the Austria history of Austria inflation. We'll see you in about two hours. Okay. Um, so yeah, Austria. Uh, now I can tell you that the uh, I'm trying to think of the composer was it uh, Gustav Mahler perhaps said that uh, if he had heard that the world was going to go, was going to come to an end, he would go to Vienna because everything happens in Vienna twenty years late. So it doesn't stand to reason that now Austria is floating this century bond. I mean, others have done this. It's again a gimmick in this bond bull market that we're maybe closer to the end of the beginning. But anyway, this you know a bond is a promise to pay money, and what uh, money that the Austrians are dealing with, of course, is euros. Right? They haven't got the shilling anymore. They got the euro. So what is the euro going to look like in a hundred years? That's a good question. Um, I saw a headline today on Bloomberg talking about. The radical right is actually rising to the fore in uh, Italy, and there's an election coming up, and Italy's been talking about creating its own currency. They're a little bit sick and tired of yeah, the Yeah, well, they've done that before. The Italians have middling success. So what else? Okay, so we, the Austrian 100-year bond is a symptom of the uh, of this uh, uh, fabulous faith that is part and parcel of a great bull market. So what else? There's uh, Bitcoin itself. Um Bitcoin derives value because it's supposedly um, limited supply. There's only so many of them that's going to be made. But that's true in 2140 if you make a lot of assumptions. Uh, right now, over the last two years, Bitcoin has actually increased uh, coin outstanding by about 6.5% uh, per year. So Sounds kind of inflationary to me. Sounds inflationary to me, too. And the price this year certainly seems inflationary. But, but there's so many assumptions there, like uh, countries won't ban it or make it illegal like China did this week or... 
an electromagnetic pulse won't disrupt the networks or... Or the quantum computer won't come along and render the blockchain obsolete. Yeah, uh, it completely ruins the whole crypto part of cryptocurrency. Well, I mean, uh, as the readers of grants know, uh, we, uh, in our current issue, uh, featured a, a lengthy, and I think a pretty, I'm speaking with, of course, an interest, but I think it was a spectacular survey of the cryptocurrencies. And the headline was Crypto 36,000. And you, listeners of this podcast, can infer what the tone of the analysis was. All right, so we got uh, we got the Austrian century bond, and we've got, they've got, they can have it, Bitcoin. What else? There's Tesla. Um, I mean, Elon Musk is a, a perspicacious guy. He's inventive, but what he's not done is made a lot of cars. I, I think they produced like 84,000 last year, 25,000 last quarter, and people are saying they can get to a million cars by 2020. And this is a company that has burned cash and uh, and has had a lot of production problems along the way. But they're pretty, they're pretty sure based on the stock price that they're going to get to a million cars by 2020. <laughs> that, that, that they're certain about. Well, it's like 2020 vision, right? They can just see it. Yeah, that, that's clear. All else is kind of hazy. Yeah. Well, I've got one to contribute, Evan. And this comes, uh, to be sure, this is a little bit antique, but this is 2014 uh, at Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Uh, that mecca, that summertime mecca of central bankers. And don't you wish you were there once in a while? No. Okay, 2014, Mario Draghi gets up and, uh, and delivers what would prove to be a very, very important speech on the advent of uh, massive quantitative easing in the Eurozone, right? This is on the kind of launching the, uh, what was it, what are they buying per month? $60 billion now of bonds? Uh, 60 billion euros now. 60 billion euros, yeah. And in doing so, they have pushed every yield down to the floor. I think the, uh, the speculative grade yield in Europe on average is something on the order of two and a quarter. Which is around, I think, where U.S. 10-year treasuries yield? Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe for some people, the treasury is a speculative grade credit too. But it's actually, it's not really, uh, objectively. Now, joining us again... I'm back. ...is the editor of Almost Daily Grants, Phil Grant. What can you tell us about the, uh, the historic Austrian inflation rate? Uh, so a, a cursory uh, look at... Uh, at some now, we need in-depth. Uh, well, as, as in-depth as would be possible in this uh, three minutes that have elapsed since I departed. Uh, basically, um, the 1970s uh, inflation that was uh, seen here in the U.S. was, um, was also seen there. Um, uh, the CPI inflation uh, in Austria exceeded 4% uh, for much of the, uh, the, the 1970s, and um, in the mid-70s, uh, exceeded 8% for, um, I believe, two years between 73 and 75. Uh, more recently, Austrian CPI has, uh, I'm looking at a 10-year Bloomberg chart now, uh, it, in, in 2007 to 2008, it ticked uh, over three and a half percent for a period of about a quarter or two. And um, in 2011, also uh, pushed up towards three and a half percent. More recently, for Austrian century bond bulls, we'll be happy to know that in uh, 2014 and 15, Austrian CPI was, uh, was about uh, uh, 0.5%, but has now uh, returned to, to 2%. Well, uh, probably those uh, 0.5% numbers are more indicative of the future. No? Yeah, probably. Probably. Does uh, Bloomberg tell us about the Austro-Hungarian Empire? Uh, it doesn't, nor does it. Uh, it they don't have anything on the um, uh, 1920s either. But um, yeah, well, know, that, 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 you know, we, okay, can, this, uh, we can assume. We okay, can assume. okay. So I, I think, gentlemen, I think that we have formulated our investment position vis-a-vis the Austrian century. Oh, we're, we're selling the ears off this thing. I mean, you know, journalistically speaking, you know. All right, so where was I before uh, Phil Grant came back in with the dope on Austria? Uh, yes, we were talking about Mario Draghi and Mario Draghi's uh, famous remarks in 2014 at Jackson Hole, in which he said that the uh, European Central Bank was uh, assuming a stance of ease and accommodation owing to the signals emitted by the five-year, five-year euro inflation swap rate. The five-year, five-year forward euro inflation swap rate happens to be the uh, market's uh, best 
guess of uh, forward uh, inflation. The inflation-linked bonds are not so sensitive, they say, in Europe. So uh, the five-year, five-year swap rate is, is meant to express the market's clearest vision of the average level of inflation starting in five years. So in 2014, that would have been 2019. Now, um, what do we know, Evan, about the rate of inflation, oh, next month? It's probably going to be close enough to what we saw this month. Probably, right? Yeah. What do we think about the rate of inflation the month after that? A little hazier, is it? A little hazier. Okay. So uh, when we're talking about the rate of inflation uh, for the five years beginning in five years, uh, is that a little like the weather forecast you can get on your intelligent telephone, the weather app, and it says it's going to rain on Saturday, but actually it never rains on Saturday. It can sleet, it can snow, it can be clear. It's not going to rain. That was the forecast. It's not going to happen, right? That's, yeah. for, that's for a week out. Well, the nice thing about living in Chicago is even one day out is pretty uh, speculative. Yeah. All right. So um, anyway, uh, President Draghi's uh, preferred monetary North Star isn't gold. Uh, of course it isn't. But rather the uh, the consensus of speculative opinion concerning the remote future. That's his, that's his monetary North Star. Now, Mr. Draghi, I have... I have I have rhetorical. No, I have, I have an actual question for you. I want you to answer this. I'm, this is not rhetorical. Listen to me. All right. So let us imagine we're sitting in the boardroom of an uh, of an of a German bank, right? And, and the year is uh, 2014. The time of year is what? It's July. It's July, and the world is at peace. And the uh, the board has convened. We're trustees because it's a savings bank, and the uh, chairman is a kind of a conversation starter. Says, uh, uh, "Gentlemen, yeah, all gentlemen. That's right. Uh, 1914, gentlemen. What do you make the five-year, five-year outlook to be with respect to the German mark and with respect to the rate of inflation in the nation of Germany?" And they go around the table, right? And the guy says, uh, "Well, the uh, mark's going to be as good as gold, just like it is today, duh. And uh, the rate of inflation is going to be nil." And like that, all around the table. And here's what nobody says. Nobody says, uh, Herr Chairman, five years' time, five short years, and six and seven years after that, uh, uh, the Reich actually, the Reich will be, uh, it won't exist. It will be uh, one, one millionth approximately of its current value. It will be uh, tinder for a fire. Um, as to rates of inflation, well, you'll need scientific notation. By the way, this bank won't be here either. Nobody said that. You know, I, I cannot believe that people think they can see that. I mean, look, we've been in business, what, 34 years? Yeah, 34, just about, right? I mean, we have got some good calls. We've had some bad coffee. But if somebody had to prove that the possibility of long-term prescience, then our pages alone, I, I would say, as much as I value and treasure my life's work, I'm going to say that that case would not be proved, the case for long-term clairvoyance. And yet, people seem to be, whether it's the Austrian 100-year bond or the production rate Tesla or betting substantial amounts of money on what can't be known. And, and not just, it's not just they can't see it. It's that the, the odds are stacked against them. What is the upside of this stupid bond? A lot of upside for the issuer. Yeah, they've locked in two. They've locked in a, a negative real yield starting. Is they get? They have a two percent rate of inflation now. Yes. Yeah, so they got a zero real yield uh, for a hundred year. Oh, well, if uh, we, we get the sudden rush of productivity for the next century and yeah, inflation right. goes negative, may, may, maybe they'll be right. pretty good. Yeah, they could look pretty prescient. Hey, I want to tell you about away travel. This is the uh, it's the required part of the advertisement. I'm going to. Uh, 
uh, go off a little bit on the script a little later, but here, here's, the, here's what I gotta say. It charges my cell phone so I don't have to worry about having a dead phone while traveling. That's my cell phone, even though yet I don't possess one, which is amazing. Okay, the material is sleek and ultra durable. Interior design helps keep my items neat and organized. Easy to carry up and downstairs because it's so light. I'm, I'm gonna tell you, I'm, I'm lifting this thing right now. This is a beautiful piece of merchandise. I'm lifting it. Evan, do you see it? Yeah, I see it. All right. Does that sound substantial? Sounds solid. It is solid, and it's con it's compliant with uh, uh, with all U.S. major airlines and maximizing the amount you can pack. And uh, it's got a lifetime warranty. It's removable, washable, laundry bag, keeps dirty clothes separate from clean. And I'm going to get around to that again in a second, because if you are a hard body and you travel and you got to work out three hours a day, you got a laundry bag full of stuff you don't want mingling with your black tie stuff, right? That's right. No commingling. Absolutely. And uh, this four 360-degree spinner wheels guaranteed a smooth ride will if you like wheelies, uh, hard bodies, I guess I prefer to carry this thing. Anyway, this is one heck of a new um, of a new entry into the uh, luggage field. If you check into the uh, special offer, unique promo code and unique URL, um, you'll. Uh, Find yourself uh, a saver. Here it is. For $20 off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com slash grantspod and use promo code grantspod during checkout. That's uh, awaytravel.com slash grantspod and use promo code grantspod.com during checkout. Anyway, good piece of good piece of luggage. What else do you see happening in the world, Evan? I, I mean, central banks are making noise about uh, tightening, aren't they? Yeah, we, we've, in the last two days, we've actually gotten uh, a, a number of them. Uh, I mean, th these are just a couple of uh, Bloomberg headlines. BOE shifts hawkish with hint that rates could rise within months. SNB, the, the Swiss National Bank, which is you know basically buying you know Google, Facebook every time the Swiss franc rallies. SNB baby steps on frank hint at hope of a more normal future. The U.S. inflation picks up, uh, ending five-month streak of misses. I mean, th th it seems like there's a number of um, indication that banks might rise soon, uh, raise rates soon. And looking at the um, the futures markets, the markets are predicting that the uh, U.K. might actually raise rates when they meet in November. That um, the Canadian uh, bank will actually raise rates in December. And there's actually hints that um, the U.S. Uh, the Federal Reserve will raise rates this March. Um, as recently as a week or two ago, the, the futures markets didn't think the Fed would raise rates until September, and even then it was kind of a weak prediction. Evan, if you were a voting member of the FOMC, would you vote to raise rates next week? Yeah. Yeah? Why? Well, I mean, financial conditions are um, super loose. It seems like um, low rates have led to a lot of speculative behavior, a huge buildup in debt, and probably potentially problems down the line. All right. I'm with you. Hey, I want to I say, sorry, Evan. Uh, uh, just just to contrast uh, with people being really sure of the future, though, people, uh, the bets on uh, whether the Fed will hike or not hike in the next month have kind of fluctuated wildly. The, the Fed likes to not surprise the market, so it only wants to hike or uh, announce shrinking its balance sheet on the months that it actually does a press conference, which are uh, March, June, uh, September, and December. So if the Fed's going to do something soon, it's going to do it in this meeting. And, um, you know, I, I don't know what the Fed's going to do. Well, it, it it tells you also, does this suspense and the volatility around the, the guesswork concerning Fed policy, it tells you how central bank-centric is everything in the world. You know, since who elected these people? Now, that's an entirely different podcast. So actually, it's not, it's not an entirely different podcast. It's every damn Grant's podcast is what that one is. Yeah.
Hey, I want to say a few words uh, about Health IQ. This product is seemingly designed for the grants listenership and the grants readership because I think I can imagine it. I have I don't know by you know by sight or I don't know personally all of our readers. Mercifully, I don't know because that would that would uh, suggest a very intimate circle of readers and not a very good business. But I'm going to guess that um, that our readers are health conscious and that this particular kind of insurance is going to appeal to them. So Health IQ is an insurance company that helps health conscious people get uh, special life insurance rates. So you go to uh, healthiq.com slash grants, support the show, learn more, and get yourself a bargain. So the, the pitch, Evan, and Phil, and Eric, is that if you work out five times a week, oh, eight, right? At minimum. Yeah. Okay. So um, Health IQ is all for that. It advocates for a health-conscious lifestyle, and they use science and data, I suppose big data, to secure special rates on life insurance for health-conscious people, uh, including avid cyclists, runners, strength trainers, vegans, and more. So in fact, research shows, now you can't argue with that one, right? Research shows uh, that those who frequently exercise with intensity have 22% lower cancer risk, 56% lower heart disease risk, up to 34% lower risk risk of early death and a very high proclivity indeed for bragging about their bodies during dinner parties. That last part is actually, it's just my view, it's not the company's sponsors. So historically, you get uh, penalized for family history, uh, you know, body mass index, other attributes, but you don't get rewarded for health conscious lifestyle. Health IQ wants to change that. So healthiq.com slash grants. That's healthiq.com slash grants. And uh, just, I don't know, work out and buy Health IQ, right? Yeah. Evan, uh, is there a PS to this uh, uh, airing of ideas, prejudices, and uh, peaks? Well, maybe a rehash of, a, of, of an earlier podcast. Uh, well, the world seems pretty certain about future rates, future inflation. We're not even certain what the Fed's going to look like in the next uh, four months. <laughs> Ain't that so? They're, they're... Okay, so uh, the last time I took a stab at the number of openings in the Fed, I was a little on the high side. But, you know, I'm going to go back and I'm going to stick to my number. Because who, who is the editor around here? Uh, you. Yeah, okay. So I'm going to say there, there are four. Um, I think there are, I think it's three. Im- imminently four, four yeah. with, with yeah. Mr. Fisher. It's yeah. going to be four, Dr. Fisher. And then uh, there's going to be five until uh, President Trump reappoints Janet Yellen. As, as by the way, prophesied in the January 1st issue of Grants 2017. He uh, actually, this is a, a late headline that I just glanced at. He uh, was uh, conducting a press conference on Air Force One and, and made a number of uh, positive, fl- uh, flattering comments about Yellen, including uh, the observation that the stock market is doing very, very well. So, um, wait, is this the same stock market that uh, during the campaign was in a big, fat, ugly bubble? Um, yes. Well, no, it's not the same because now he's the president. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. And on behalf of uh, Phil Grant and, and Eric Whitehead and the, and the deputy editor of Grants, the great Lorenz, uh, thank you for listening and I'll talk to you next time. Mm-hmm.